Welcome to Shouts of Grace Radio, practical conversations from God's Word hosted by Pastor Steve Pearson of Redemption Hill Church in Saratoga Springs. At Shouts of Grace Radio, it is our purpose to encourage you to see the Bible as God's source of truth for everyday life and grace as a foundation for a genuine relationship with God. Now, let's join Pastor Steve for today's conversation. Hey, welcome back to the program. We are super excited you can join us and that you have decided to take a little time out of what is probably your busy day um, and to explore the Word of God with us. If this is your first time listening in to Shouts of Grace, we want to say welcome and let you know that you can go to our website, shoutsofgraceradio.com, and there listen to 122 past episodes over a year and a half, closing in on actually probably two years where we've been doing this, um, and we're super, super blessed, uh, more than two years, in fact, um, closing in in probably three years. Um, we're super blessed to be able to use this, uh, the uh, studios at Key Radio here in Provo. Um, and if you are a return listener, we want to say welcome back. Thank you for your support and your prayers, and we hope that this is a blessing to you. And whether it's your first time or you're a return listener, to let you know that at shoutsofgraceradio.com, you can drop us an email, you can um, comment on any of the programs uh, that you're listening to, um, or you can contact Key Radio Studios as well um, and get to us through there. Um, and also just a reminder that Shouts of Grace Radio is a radio ministry of Redemption Hill Church in Saratoga Springs. And therefore, you are officially invited. If you live in the northern Utah County area, why not join us on Sunday mornings at 1030 a.m. at Vista Heights Middle School? If you are a listener, you know that here at Shouts of Grace, we have different guests on the program, uh, different pastors, um, really from around the country, pastor friends of mine. And so today is no different. And I am super excited to be in studio today with um, a mentor of mine, Pastor Robert Marshall from, um, from I just want to say Redemption Hill, but you are an elder at Redemption Hill from Risen Life Church. How's it going, brother? Going good. Good, going good, good, good. Good to be with you. Awesome. And then, of course, um, you guys know uh, Pastor Joe Funicello, one of the elders at Redemption Hill. How are you doing, sir? Doing good. With Thank your you. new life change. <laughs> Joe's a perpetual <laughs> camper now as he's living living in his motorhome, exploring the the wonderful Uinta Mountains and the different things in, in Utah. So anyway, um, you guys, I thought today, um, you know, what we do is we'd look at something that I think is plaguing our society and our culture. It's this idea um, of justice, but I want to take it in a little different, a, a little different turn. You know, um, I, I was in a conversation with a young man just last night, um, on, on the internet, and he was just talking about his understanding of justice and how he views, um, God and God's God of love and this idea that God could, could exercise wrath, um, on, in the, in the face of, of, of judgment it was a hard concept for him. Right. And, and he was talking about, um, you know, what justice is. And, and so what I tried to explain to him was that, um, you know, the Bible says, and I want to talk about this in Psalm 89, verse 14, that righteousness and justice is the foundation of God's throne. And so if there's anybody that knows about justice, it's God, right? And humanity at its best um, looks at justice through the skewed lenses of their broken of their broken human condition, of the, of their heart that's deceitfully wicked. Now, that's not to say we can't we can't see things that are unjust, but true justice only comes from the Lord because it's the foundation of His throne. It's it's the foundation of how He rules, right? And so 
we are never to think and to be so arrogant as to think that we can impose something on on God's view of justice that he doesn't already have because he's pure and holy and separate and undefiled from sinners. So so having said that, one of the things that I talked about with this young man is he was having a trouble with um, with how God, who's a God of love, expresses what he sees to be hatred in the Old Testament towards, in this particular case, the Canaanites, you know, telling, telling his people to destroy the Canaanites, men, women, and children, get rid of them. And, and so what I want to do is I want to talk about this idea of justice and mercy, right? Marrying each other. Are, are they possible to exist at the same time in the same person? Because it almost seems, Pastor Robert, that they're contrary to one another in some sense, that, that if you're going to give justice that you can't possibly be loving in rendering that justice. And, and that's what a lot of people believe today. They actually choose a side because those are irreconcilable inside of their mind. So, so talk about that. Is that possible to be a just and loving person while you're rendering justice? Is it possible to be the God of love who is God is love is uh, according is one of his very essence characteristics according to first John and still demand justice and still demand um, accountability. There is not a one of us who would um, be betrayed, rejected by anyone, a friend, who looks at us and says, I want nothing to do with you, and will pursue them to the nth degree, demanding to have a relationship with someone who looks at us and says, I will not have a relationship with you. And yet to put that on God <laughs> is a, a demand that is not reasonable. Hmm. Um, and my take on the, the God of the Old Testament versus the God of the New Testament is we, we get frustrated that with what he did with the Canaanites. Genesis 15, 16 is my, is my go-to verse on that. Because there God is talking to Abraham and he says, look, I'm going to give you this land but I'm not going to give it to you for 400, what turns out to be 400 some years. And um, kind of like, well, why can't I have it now? You know, if you're going to give me the land. Let's do this thing now. God looks at him in verse 16 and says, you will come back here in the fourth generation. You cannot have it now. You will come back. It's going to be upwards of 400 years. And the reason is because the iniquity of the Amorites is not yet complete. When we look at God in the Old Testament from a different perspective, finding those verses, are you telling me that God gave the Canaanites 400 years to repent and they didn't? Yeah, that's exactly what that says. Yeah. And, and when, you look at, when you look at the actions of God in the Old Testament, like when Jonah went down to Nineveh, he gave them the message. They repented from the king down in sackcloth and ashes, and that made Jonah angry because he said, I knew you were going to do that. I, I knew that's what you were going to do. That's why I didn't want to come here. I knew you were going to forgive him because I knew that you were a God of mercy and forgiveness. And for God to demand, okay, you have looked at me, you have punched me in the nose and said, I don't ever want to have anything to do with you. And you come back to me and say, I'm sorry, and I will receive you back into my home on the condition of your repentance. And you're saying that's too much. No, that's not too much. Hmm. The, hmm. the absolute rejection that we have done uh, as a people against the goodness and kindness of God for him to say, and all I'm wanting to hear is, holy cow, I'm really sorry. Yeah. That's not unreasonable. You, you know what's interesting about that? You bring up a good point because from your, depending on what perspective you, 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 you look at this from, it actually 
can be an act of mercy. Oh, absolutely. You, you know, I'm I'm thinking, you know, if if let's say you were you were in Osberg Inn in 1889, right outside of Austria, you, you would have witnessed the birth of an innocent an innocent young child, right? What you wouldn't have been able to see is what that child would become when he would grow up and exterminate six million people, right? And so when we talk about the Canaanites, they were far worse than Hitler. These were a people that did reprehensible things, right? And so because God's foundation of his throne is righteousness and judgment or righteousness and justice, because he comes from an omnipotent all-powerful, all-knowing point of view, he sees everything is done, he can look at the Canaanites and he can see what kind of people they're going to be. And therefore, the act which he commands could actually be an act of mercy because he ends up telling Abraham, if you don't get rid of these people, they are going to come after you and they're going to destroy you and all the nations around. And so the Canaanites were actually an infectious people to all the nations. And so if you look at it from the perspective that that, that, you, that that a person does and they saying, well, how could God destroy them? There's another side to that. Look at the mercy that God gave to all the other nations by taking these people out because they would not repent. Absolutely. They were not going to repent. So, Pastor Joe, let's take that in a different angle here. Let's go to the cross, Okay. Because the same people will say, how could a God of love allow his son to be murdered? What kind of God would have somebody hang on a tree and be brutally, brutally murdered, if you will, you know, beaten, if you will? How in the world could that be justice? What do you say to that person? Well, you know, in um, it's it's either in... uh psalm or isaiah but he talks about that it pleased god to crush his son it pleased him and when i first read that i was in shock i thought wait it sounds sick and demented yes yes (laughs) but then when you look at it because you remember god says that he loves mercy and he takes no pleasure in the death of the wicked the the foundation of that is I, i i look at all his attributes we talk about the god of the old testament new testament and all this it's like a diamond. There are many facets to that same diamond. But his overwhelmingness we see through his son, Jesus Christ. Listen, he did that because of his, his amazing love toward people. And he wanted people to have a, a, a relationship, be forgiven, and be able to be with him. And that's mm. why he took pleasure in crushing his son. And to me, I can't fathom that. When I read that, I was in shock. And then all of a sudden, I, I just thought in, in, in the terms of this is God providing for me and for you and for all will put their trust in the work of Jesus Christ. We have that freedom and that love. It's overwhelming. It's overwhelming how good and kind the mercy of God is. He is. If you reject him, you can have his wrath. You can have those things, but they are not uh, mutually exclusive. He he is he is uh, that is all part of who he is. But the overwhelming sense of who he is is found through his son and its mercy and grace and mm. forgiveness. And so that triumphs everything because Jesus said, "I came into this re- world for this purpose to die." 
yeah. and to give myself up. So, Pastor Robert, what I want to do is on the other side of the break, I want to, I want to talk about that a little bit more. Um, this idea of mercy and justice that are they're they're compatible, right? They're mm-hmm. um, God isn't God isn't violating his character. He's not violating his nature um, with with these all being a part of him. And so, let's talk about that a little bit more on the other side of the break. You're listening to Shouts of Grace. We will be right back. You're listening to Shouts of Grace with Pastor Steve, the radio ministry of Redemption Hill Church in Saratoga Springs, Utah. For more information about Redemption Hill, you can visit our website at rhutah.church. Shouts of Grace Radio is thankful for the encouragement from Key Radio, reaching Utah with the good news of eternal life from their station in Provo, Utah. Now, let's join Pastor Steve for the conclusion of today's conversation. Hey, welcome back to the program. Um, I'm in studio today with Pastor Robert Marshall, a dear good friend of mine, a mentor of mine from Risen Life Church, one of the elders at Redemption Hill, as well as Pastor Joe Funichello, another um, elder at Redemption Hill. And before the break, we were just talking about this, this sometimes this very sticky topic, which people really get hung up on um, in as far as the nature of God, and that God is both a just God and he's a merciful God because Pastor Robert, the two seem from from a from a you know just a real basic level, they almost seem to be, humanly speaking, contradictory to one another. How how can I be a loving person yet just in carrying out wrath? Well, all of us, all of us want to be loving and caring people, but all of us carry out wrath because if our spouse is to commit, were to commit adultery. We all have limits. We all have bounds that we say, okay, if that's what you want to do, unfortunately, we rarely say it this calmly in a divorce situation, but if that's what you want to do, I'm going to respect that. And frankly, hell is the highest testament to God's respect for human decision. If you want to have... Say say that again. Hold on. Say that again. That's, that's, That's profound. Hell is God's highest respect for... God's is... (laughs) <laughs> hell is evidence of god's respect for man's decision wow um it's not original with me and i forget where i read it but it's something to that effect but anyway if if we choose to live in rebellion god absolutely respects us, us enough to say okay I, I can go with that i don't want to you cannot find a place where he's thrilled to uh, re- bring judgment but he will bring judgment because he said he would I want to have a relationship with you. There are boundaries, guidelines within which that that relationship must remain. And if you choose to step outside those boundaries, I will respect you enough to let you go. But as with the prodigal son, when he came home, the daddy hadn't gone anywhere. The father was sitting on the porch waiting for the son, had always been looking for him. And that's the heart of God, Old Testament and new. We see any time somebody comes to him, he said, anyone who comes to me, I will never cast them out. And Amen. he has never cast anyone out Amen. who came to him in repentance. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I think sometimes, you know, I think of Ecclesiastes 8.11. It says, because sentence against an evil work is not speedily executed, mm-hmm. the hearts of the sons of men get fully set into doing evil. And, and I think what happens at times is is we we train our minds to think that somehow God's forbearance or God's God's patience um, is is God's approval of something, right? And God's a God of love. And, and, and here's here's one of the problems that that it's some this kind of paradigm shift in, in Christian in Christianity today that I'm really nervous about 
is this idea that we're redefining what love is, mm-hmm. right? We we no longer accept the biblical description of love, mm-hmm. but but now, well, if God is a God of love, he wouldn't do this, mm-hmm. right? He wouldn't act this way. He wouldn't say they couldn't love each other. That's not loving. God is for love. And okay, I understand that. But 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 Joe, you know, God is is just, right? And and, and scripture says that oh man, God has shown you what he desires of you what he requires of you to do justice right to do to do justly is Mm -hmm. is one of those things we're living in a day and age where that is on the front page of every news story to do justice right social justice we want justice right my concern is that humanity is broken in sin and is running true justice through the filter of their understanding of what should and shouldn't be rather than looking back at the most, the most heinous crime ever committed, which was committed against Christ himself. Yet God justly poured out the wrath on sin at the cross. And so, you know, you're elect, you're, you're an ex law enforcement. What should be the focus of Christians when it comes to justice what ought to be the thing we're looking at do we look to side up with with movements and different things because those in the end those could be because they're from humans those could be tainted with human emotions and human human motives what what should be our focus when we talk about justice because i think of one thing uh, if you want to talk about justice i'm going to point you to this one thing right what should be our focus well uh, you bring up a really good point. I think, um, and I used to say this uh, a lot, um, you have judges and, and people that um, make decisions, but the problem is they make decisions um, from a, a 10,000 foot view and they don't look in the eyes of the victims. Hmm. So when you talk about justice, you brought up Ecclesiastics. Ecclesiastics, when things are delayed, You know, and so you see that in our society from the criminal law standpoint, from, um, you know, back in the 30s and 40s, if somebody committed a heinous crime, they killed a police officer, they killed a little child, they they murdered people, they did this. Justice was swift or swifter. Mm. You know, I mean, things went to court, things did their thing, and there was justice. And it, Mm. it all happened within like a six month or eight month period. Now people sit in waiting and, you know, uh, there's there's death penalty for a reason. Yeah. And that maybe that's another topic. But um, they sit in they sit on death penalty in California 30 years or longer yeah. and they just sit. And so things are not carried out. People's hearts turn from that. And, and that isn't done. And when you look at social justice today, the God of this age blinds people and they put their own agendas into that instead of, uh, you know, a righteousness and truth what the Bible would speak about and, mm. and, and maybe be led by God. Mm. And so it gets tainted. And, you know, there's one of the social justice things out there today that's already received one point six billion dollars in a quarter. And somebody yeah. brought up a good point. Um, what hospitals have they built? What orphanages have they helped? How have they lent that? That's not their issue. And right. there, there's, there's a lot of bad things right. in that. Pastor Robert, there's, there's, a, there's a verse in Revelation 20 that talks about a day of reckoning, mm-hmm. you know, and there's a great white throne. And every person, small and great, is standing before this throne and books are opened. Um, you know, 
I, I think when it comes to justice, we look only in this life for it. We mm-hmm. think we think that okay, if I don't see it, I don't get it, then I'm gonna I'm gonna fight for it. Talk about and talk to the listener um, who's who's maybe in a place where they're either discouraged because they don't see things happening and maybe think that God is slack concerning his mm-hmm. promise, that he's looking the other way, that God doesn't really care. Talk, talk, talk about the ultimate justice that comes. Uh, it, it disseminates from the throne of God and, and how and how important it is that we keep our eyes that, that nothing gets by God. And it can be extremely frustrating because and that's frankly one of the accusations that's been had against Christianity. All it is is pie in the sky by and by. I want something now. And that's understandable. But the reality is, if our starting point is um, eternity, if our starting point is that there is an eternal God who invites us into an eternal relationship, then we recognize that that is a part of the process. Um, We can change the definitions. We can demand all that we uh, make all the demands that we want. But the reality is our justice will never be complete because we do not have complete knowledge. Two of the attributes of God are complete knowledge. He is totally omniscient and complete goodness. Weighing a person's conduct under those two lenses, complete goodness and complete knowledge, if there is a way to get them into heaven, he's going to throw them into heaven. If their heart has demanded that they reject God, then he is going to respect them enough to allow them to do that. And if we view, if our starting point is a mindset of eternity in view, then it, it's it's a drag having to wait that long. Yeah. But it is it is our reality. And, you know, with the changing definitions, we can change definitions all we want. If you call, here's the deal, if you call a tail a leg, how many legs does a dog have? <laughs> You always got great questions like that. <laughs> if you call a tail a leg, how many legs does a dog have? Five. No. One. Just because we t- call it a leg doesn't mean it's a leg. They only have four legs. Yeah. So we can change the definition, but that does not change the objective uh, definition of a thing. And God is the one who has established that. God is the one who invented justice. Mm. And for him to be the one to administer justice, he's the one who invented it. Yeah. It will be done rightly. And it will be done according to his eternal and right definition of justice. Yeah, that's actually a great that, that's a great point. Um, you know, I, I I love I love just this idea that if God sits upon a throne and that throne's foundation is justice, mm-hmm. then I've got to believe whatever He renders is thorough and complete based on a character that he has and I don't. And so for me to assume that somehow um, I can impose a view that comes from my sinful fallen nature upon a wholly separate, undefiled, you you know, omnipotent God and somehow think that that I can add to, you know, it's just, it is absurd. And so I think you're right, Pastor Robert, there definitely needs to be a trust, which which I would think what I want to do is then, in our next episode, um, I, I, I want to take that and I want to I want to carry that over into this idea in in First Peter two twenty three where um, he talks about um, um, when Jesus was reviled he did not revile right. when he was threatened he didn't threaten but he committed it to him mm-hmm. who judges righteously and that gets that really gets down to where the rubber meets the road 
and and it really becomes super practical in how we live our lives. And so what I want to do is in the next episode cover that. So hey, listen, it, 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 we we really appreciate you listening. And, and if this has been a blessing to you, why don't you uh, drop us an email or drop us a quick note at shoutsofgraceradio.com. Um, we would love to hear from you and just and just maybe even hear some suggestions and some topics. If you got some comments, um, you can reach out through that through that avenue. And we just want to invite you back next week as as we cover part two of this topic and hope you have a blessed week serve the lord and be faithful to him god bless you guys thank you for joining us on today's episode of shouts of grace radio practical conversations from god's word hosted by pastor steve pearson we hope that you have been encouraged to see the bible as god's source of truth for everyday life and grace as the foundation for a genuine relationship with god if today's conversation encouraged you in your journey following and learning more about jesus we would love to hear from you you can visit us online at shoutsofgraceradio.com at shoutsofgraceradio.com you can listen to all of our episodes share them online with your friends and find out more about pastor steve shouts of grace is an outreach of Redemption Hill Church in Saratoga Springs, Utah. Thank you again for joining us on today's show. And from all of us at Shouts of Grace, it is our prayer that you would grow in the grace and knowledge of Jesus Christ. Shout!